This is Echo Zoe Radio, episode 127 for November 2018 with Alan Nelson on How Salvation Works. Welcome to Echo Zoe Radio, the podcast outreach of Echo Zoe Ministries, where you'll hear about important topics affecting the church today. Our primary goal is to explore a variety of issues while remaining faithful to God and His Word. Stay with us for the next hour as your host, Andy Olson, shares his conversation with this month's guest. Here's your host, Andy Olson. I'm Andy Olson. Thanks for listening to Echo Zoe Radio. This is episode 127 for November 2018 with Alan Nelson. Alan is pastor of Perryville Second Baptist Church and writes for Things Above, which is a group blog that addresses theology, missions, and evangelism, where they also have a podcast. Alan is here this month to discuss salvation and evangelism and the conversations based on his book, From Death to Life, How Salvation Works. Show notes for this episode are available. You'll find an outline of the discussion. Scriptures referenced, links to other resources that we bring up in the discussion, and related episodes. And you can find that at echozoe.com slash 127. I'm also happy to announce that if you prefer watching over listening, there's a video version of our discussion available. You check out the YouTube channel or echozoe.com slash 127. Uh, we're in the brand new studio and the video has turned out much better even than I had hoped for. And finally, we, before we get to the discussion... I wanted to also mention that with that new studio up and running, uh, I'm back to putting out some videos. I started working on a revised and updated version of the Lessons in Logic series that I did uh, several years ago. At the time that this podcast is posting, there are three short videos available. Uh, if you go through the website, you can click on the link to Echo Zoe Ministries' YouTube channel where you can view those. And you can also subscribe to the channel and get uh, new episodes as they pop up. Uh, this updated series is intended to be a collection of short videos on various logical fallacies and meant to be easy to share because each video highlights an individual fallacy. And they're also uh, very short. They tend to be about three to seven minutes long each. Also, I'm restarting the Echozoi Answer series. So if you have any theological questions that you'd like me to research so that I can answer them for you, please share your questions through the website, email, or social media. Email is available at echozoe.com slash contact. And I'm on Twitter at, at echozoe. There's also the Facebook page and you can submit questions, comments, and feedback there as well. With that, there here's my conversation with Alan. Alan, um, such a pleasure to, to talk with you. Um, this is a, a great follow-up. You reached out to me and uh, it was because you are a friend of Jason Mariana and you work together mm -hmm. with him on the blog and stuff. And so um, that was a, a fun episode we did with Jason last month, talking about foster and adoption. And um, you reached out to me, and you got a book that's on my favorite topic. So I was excited to pick it up, and uh, and uh, great. We're going to talk about that today. And um, I'm I'm titling the episode kind of the subtitle of your book, but we'll call, we'll call it "How Salvation Works." All right. So let's start off with uh, with Alan Nelson. Let's. Uh, introduce you and you know talk about your ministry a little bit you're a pastor and some of the other ministry things you do and of course the yeah. book <laughs> yeah um so i'm alan nelson uh alan nelson the fourth so everybody around my neck of the woods calls me quattro and i've mm -hmm. kind of uh the people i interact with on twitter a lot uh or you know like jason those guys uh usually uh well i don't know jason may call me alan you know jason is a token of god's grace he's a steelers fan <laughs> it shows that the the depths of god's how deep and wide the grace of our lord is so <laughs> you know um, i i would say uh he he has the same kind of grace for for cowboys fans to be honest so. <laughs> your, your listeners can't <laughs> see this but do you see over my shoulder the cowboys cup i've got on my desk i was reading your bio on the website and you said uh cowboys and razorbacks fan and yeah. i'm not really a college football guy 
and uh, I haven't been the last couple years a football fan, but but going back, I was always a Vikings fan. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and if they somehow get to a Super Bowl, I'll be a Vikings fan again. But haven't had time for it. They were close last year. <laughs> well, I have a I have a wife uh, who we have been married for twelve years. Uh, uh, actually, November eighteenth is our anniversary, so that will be our twelfth year. Oh, that's and, the day after my parents' anniversary. Okay, cool. cool. Yes, they've been lo- married longer than twelve years. Yeah, they're uh, coming up on forty five, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so we we have five children, and our oldest is uh, ten, and so they go ten, nine. Uh, six, four, and 18 months. Oh. So that keeps us busy. Yeah, I got similar age children. Uh, it, just a uh, little older on bo- both ends. Okay. My youngest yeah. will be three, and my oldest is 11 and a half. But. It's a joy. It's a difficult. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a joy. I and wanted to mention, you did You did say, just a little comment you just mentioned when you were pointing at the Cowboys. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I don't really see it, but. The, the Cowboys. Oh yeah. the co- Okay. There you go. Um, oh, wait. I am. Yeah. I, I'm not sure how it's going to go, but I, I am recording video of this. We're doing a, a Google Hangouts and I'm in my new studio. It's my first episode in the new studio. So I'm, I'm praying this works out right. And I can, <laughs> and I can post it. It won't be live obviously, but hopefully uh, you know, if, if it gets done, you'll know it by the time this gets posted. So if you want to check out echozoe.com slash 127, that's because this is episode 127. If it worked out, it'll be there. But uh, you can see this episode in video. And I got, you'll see my new studio set up and Alan's over my shoulder and uh, kind of I banging microphones. <laughs> well, Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, you're good. If it doesn't make it to video, your listeners need to know that you have a pretty sweet studio set up. So well, thank it's you. Good. Yeah, I worked. I've been working hard on it. I worked for 10 months on it from, from about New Year's till early this month. I were, it's, this is the end of October as we're recording it, but uh, the earlier yeah. this month, and I just got a few little odds and ends, just little minor details to finish. But but I moved in and using it, and my wife has already taken it over because she works from home a couple of days a week and said, I'm using your office when I'm home. <laughs> so. That's great. Great. So we reside in central Arkansas, Um most of your listeners probably won't know any towns, but I'll just use Little Rock, uh, mm-hmm. northwest of Little Rock, about 45 minutes. And I, I pastor a Southern Baptist church of about 60-ish people. And we, uh, we've we been here for two years, but uh, well, two and a half years, but this is my hometown. So the oh. uh, Lord moved us back to my hometown. And that's had pros and cons, but mostly pros. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's been a real joy. And so, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. I'm, I'm the token Southern Baptist on <laughs> Thanks Above. US. Those guys, I guess they needed somebody. Uh, they wanted to reach a wider audience. And so they said, well, you're we'll Southern Baptist, on. but you're definitely more on the reform side. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I'm definitely a reform Southern Baptist. Uh, what I would call myself is a historic Southern yeah, Baptist. I hear that a lot. Yep. So, uh, you know, but, uh, I'm, I'm happy to cooperate within our denomination. We're not a perfect denomination and, mm-hmm. you know, there's, I still pray for reform in some areas for sure. Uh, but that's where we're at. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I write with some great brothers, Michael Coughlin and, and Jason Mariana and Justin Bulletin and, uh, Kofi and, um, I'm trying to think, oh yeah, Garrett O'Hara. How could I mm-hmm. forget uh, just a, a great group of guys on there that write, and it's just a, a great little network we've got going on. So I appreciate those brothers, and I appreciate their uh, just their camaraderie and fellowship. It's it's been a good thing. And so yeah, and I was telling Jason last month that it's a it is a great group of guys, and I know I know most of you guys through Twitter, and uh, not everybody, but gotten to know uh, the majority of you guys through Twitter, and uh, definitely. Um, just just based on who's on it, I can say it's a it's a great group of guys. And yeah, we had a few uh, of them on the show too. I know Michael's been great. on and Jason now and Kofi and I'd like to do Garrett sometime. I Garrett, if you're listening and you got a topic, uh, let's do one sometime. <laughs> so. Yeah, 
Garrett, Garrett's a good brother. He just kind of changed some jobs and he's kind of had to miss out on a few of our podcasts. Mm-hmm. We've been doing the things above round table and we've enjoyed that. It's great to get with a group of, of brothers and, and discuss, but it's hard, hard to coordinate everybody's schedules. So. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. And that's, I mean, it's hard just doing one guest once a month sometimes just yeah. even yeah. once you figure them out, you know, trying to pin down a good time to do it. So I, I kind of bet <laughs> or a bunch of busy guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted to ask you something, and I'm sure you get ribbed about this from time to time. Your church is called Perryville Second Baptist Church. That's right. Like That's what right. happened to the first? Yeah. So we're a town of about 1,500 people. Mm-hmm. And um, interesting story of just God's providence. But I grew up in First Baptist. Um, I was converted at a younger age. And uh, in 1996, is when this church split from first. I didn't really know anything oh, okay. about it. So it's a, we've been through that ourselves. It was yeah. a church split situation? Yeah, that's right. Okay. So well, that's the, I, the only reason why I even brought it up, I didn't know that. And I'm, you know, it's kind of a gulp kind of thing here, no, I guess. But, but I've been through a church split, so I know what that's like. Um, but I, I kind of brought it up because my son goes to a, a Baptist school, a private school. And we don't go to church there, but it's it's under a church and it's called Fourth Baptist. So, oh. yeah. So you never hear about third and fourth. Well, we've got a yeah. fourth. <laughs> they're not Southern Baptists. They're just in a, kind of a, they're a, they are reformed, but they're not. Uh, they should uh, call it Quattro Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, I think that the Lord has used this church uh, and, and um, it's, it was one of those things where, I, you know, my wife and I weren't anti coming back to our community. We mm-hmm. just never thought we would. You know, we're, we're like, Lord, we'll go wherever, you know, and, and, yeah. and, 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 uh, this is just kind of where we've settled and we couldn't be happier. And we think this is where the Lord wants us long-term. And so we're just going to labor and preach and continue to try to make disciples. And that's what, uh, when I say we're going to preach, I don't mean my wife. Okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to preach. Okay. Sure. And, and but, uh, that, but she labors hard too behind the scenes. Absolutely. I'm sure. Yeah, that's right. We tease, you know, she's got five kids and a pastor that she has to take care of. of, So let's get into the meat of our discussion. And and you wrote this book and it's, uh, let me bring it up on the screen for those who might be watching YouTube, but it's called uh, Death to Life, uh, How Salvation Works. And it's just, it's, it's pure gospel. And that's my favorite subject. And that's why I was excited um, when not only did you reach out to me, but you sent me a book too. And I always appreciate free books, so. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, from death to life, let's tell us a little bit about the book and before we maybe get into the meat of it, but what got you into it? What, what kind of prompted you to write the book? You know, that's, that's a funny question because people ask that and I don't know how to answer other than to say, uh, I've been in ministry for 12 years, well, 12 and a half years now. And, Ever since I've got into ministry, I've not early on felt comfortable about how conversions were taking place. Mm-hmm. Uh, you say this prayer and then you become a Christian. Well, then it was, well, no, no, no but you really got to mean it. And then it was like, yeah, but then there was just, it just, something wasn't fitting together, you know? Yeah. Um, and so just over the years, as I began to try to think through this uh, process, I really uh, I, I had some good counsel. I don't know if you know the name John Snyder or uh, Richard Owen Roberts, but uh, no. I went they, they have a study out called Behold Your God. And, and I, I went this was well before that study, but I went to a, a meeting that they had and, and had opportunity to talk with them. some. this was many, many years ago. I mean. 2010, no, 2011, I guess. So anyway, all that to say that this has been a year, this book has been years in the process. And so a lot of people preach, what's well, not about a prayer. It's not about a prayer. It's not about a prayer. Okay. But what is it then? How, mm. how does it work? What is the ordo salutis, so to speak in layman's terms? And that's really the heart of the book. Yeah. And, and, um, I, I got into it. I mean, it's, it's very easy read. And, you know, we talked briefly before we hit record on this, but um, it's uh, 
my perception on it, and you seem to confirm, was that the target audience would be kind of a newer convert, somebody who's just saved or maybe you know kind of getting started out a couple years old in the Lord. But uh, you know, I know that in my own salvation, I've been uh, like 19 years in the Lord, but uh, for the first several years, I wouldn't have given you a really good, solid gospel message or really articulated well that process of salvation and stuff. So uh, this book would have been perfect for me starting mm-hmm. out and it would have, it would have leapfrogged me quite a bit on uh, my yeah. theological understanding, but it's not written to like seminary students or, no. or, right. or other pastors. It's, it's written for those people who are um, not, you know, not going to have that vocabulary of, right. of theological uh, uh, education and whatnot. So it's, it, it, but it's very under, so it's very understandable, very well yeah. footnoted as well. Thank you. Yeah. My, my, my target that, you know, the new believers and but also pastors, you know, to, to encourage pastors to teach their people, these truths, I think it matters. And even people that's been, a, been Christians for a while, but maybe they haven't ever really just thought this out. And I think I argue, I hope I argue well in the book that this matters. Like this isn't, this isn't just like, well, you guys just always arguing about how salvation works. Well, I'm out here winning souls or whatever. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I think that if we have this under, right understanding, Andy, I believe that it changes some things for the better of how we go about evangelism, preaching, and, and those sorts of things. So, and, you know, I don't know how it is where you guys are, but we struggle here in uh, the Bible Belt with just— uh, lot of, that's chapter one, you know, the walking dead, lots of false conversions. Mm-hmm. I've said the prayer. I'm a member of such and such church. Haven't been in 20 years, but I know I'm a Christian, you know? And so there's a lot of that going on here. Yeah. You get some of that up here in the upper Midwest and, and I'm sure throughout the rest of the country as well, you know, outside of the Bible, but you get some of that, but you know, you're going to get more likely you're going to get people who were more, um, we call them C and E Christians, Christmas and Easter. You know those, they they don't even think about it. You know if they got to ch- if they have to check a box like on a census form or something, they'll say they're Christian, but because they go you know Christmas and Easter and and uh, they're not Muslim and they're not Buddhist, and so you know what I must be Christian. And but um, yeah, they really don't know much of anything about you know even the most basic theology. And um, and if you were to sit down and have a theological discussion with them, maybe in an evangelistic situation, it's going to be, you know, well, that religion thing's good for some people, but you know, it's not really my thing, you know. So that's pretty well, I guess, uh, introductory, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the, the the heart behind the book and, and kind of the target. But uh, but yeah, man, if you want to get into um, some some more of the the meat of it. Uh, yeah, whatever you want to talk about. I've got an outline here, kind of bullet point in each chapter as a whole, you know, just kind of to drive discussion, but whatever you want, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, let me just say, first of all, if anybody's listening, uh, I, I need to say thank you to anybody who's listening that's purchased it. I've just been overwhelmed by the, by the encouragement I've had, you know, I, mm-hmm. I published with Free Grace Press, who is a friend of mine, uh, Dr. Jeffrey Johnson, uh, great brother in the Lord and, and an author himself. But so it's a great it's a great publisher, but it's not Crossway or something like that where yeah. the word gets out. I've just kind of had to get the word out myself. And I've been really encouraged by those who have uh, been willing to read it, purchase it and the, and the feedback. So mm-hmm. uh, you definitely, you can, you can find it on Amazon um, or a little more advantageous to me is if you contact me directly, you know, <laughs> yep. uh, but, but Amazon's fine too, but Amazon sure. definitely, they get their cut. <laughs> and I'm happy to put links to both at the, if you want to go to the, the show notes for equis at com slash one twenty seven and additional resources at the bottom, I'll put the Amazon link if you want to do that. And it'll be an affiliate link. So you, you get a tiny little kickback to Echo Zoe too. And then Red Bull, you know, right next to it, I'll have the um, things above link too if you want to just go straight and buy it straight from the author and help uh, alan out uh the most (laughs) um yeah yeah, go for it well great man yeah appreciate that it's also on kindle Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's uh we're coming up on six months so it was published in may may 9th that's actually my youngest child's birthday that's how i remember so (laughs) yeah 
May 9th, when he turned a year old, the book came out. And so November 9th, that'll be six, six months. And I've just, uh, I've been, been encouraged by it. So. Cool. Well, let's, you know, you talked about the introduction kind of, uh, the first chapter really talks about that false convert and that your experience in the Bible belt. And then you get into this insufficient gospel, this, uh, and you kind of already mentioned that a little bit too, that just saying a prayer and, Mm-hmm. Um, I signed my name on the back of my Bible kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, anything more on that particular part of people's misunderstanding of salvation? You know, I think when you get into that, you can, you can, people may think that you're trying to question assurance or eternal security. And in, in no way am I trying to do that. Uh, right. But what I am saying is that, you know, if you're, if you're living a life uh, and I'm sure nobody listening to this would <laughs> qualify to this, but maybe so. Or, but if you're living a life that is just completely disobedient to the word of the Lord, but you know, you know, you know, you know, you pray to prayer. And yeah, there's a real, there's a disconnect somewhere. And I would strongly uh, encourage or even challenge you to take care of your soul more, more than, more than anything else. And, and consider that and search the scriptures. You don't have to take yeah. my word for it. What I try to do, Andy, and you can, you can say yes or no to that, but I really try to try to back everything up with scriptures and just say, go look at the Bible. Yeah, no, you did a great job. I don't typically follow footnotes, but there are quite a, quite a few footnotes there. And, and um, so that's a thing I like about footnotes is that People who like them, they're there. Yeah. <laughs> and it shows that you did your homework, um, not just scripture, but you've got great quotes from others. I noticed um, uh, one of my other past guests got footnoted at the beginning of chapter nine. That was Dan Phillips in the World Tilting Gospel. And we did a show on that one too. Another great gospel book. Yes. Uh, so lots of that kind of stuff. And I see uh, Isaac Watts and uh, lots and lots and lots of scripture footnotes and stuff. So definitely. Uh, and that's why I was just saying, I really appreciate, you know, people, um, you hear the, these, uh, these episodes and, and, and I was kind of sharing a little bit. I, I don't like to talk about this too much. I did mention it in my 10 year anniversary episode, but when it comes to books, I've always kind of had a less than, uh, a less than thrilled attitude about books. I've always, I, you know, I'll do book shows, but the Lord worked through me on this, uh, or worked within me on this and. And, uh, I, and I, I realized kind of a, a blind spot I'd been having as far as books go and that I've always been excited to support, um, fellow Christians, believers, um, pastors, whatnot in their ministry, but books were always my blind spot. And, you know, I, and, um, and now I, my attitude is changing because it takes a lot of work to put one of these together. <laughs> it does, you know, and, and you can tell this by all the footnotes, you know, I, I bet you put. I bet it was uh, quite a few sermons you could have written in the time it took to to put this together. Yeah. And, you know, uh, the worst part of footnotes was when I, Jeff got the book back to me and said, you didn't do some of these footnotes right. (laughs) And I think I remember spending at least a day going back over footnotes. I'm talking about the ones where I cited books Mm -hmm. and having to do all that, you know, the right way. Yeah. So that was a headache. Yeah, but I mean, it's a uh, it's a blessing. I mean, it's it's an older books. Clearly, in the in twenty eighteen are an older format. You know, we're we're used to tweets where you read you know hundred and yeah hundred and some characters up to two hundred and eighty characters now, yeah. and and that's about our attention span these days. So, uh, um, yeah, the Lord's been working in my attitude on on books, and I and I'm so thankful for people that put the effort into them and. Uh, I don't even remember what else I was going to say, why I brought that up, but I think that's important to say in and of Thanks. itself. So, yeah. uh, but it's gospel and, and, and it, you talk about, uh, we talked about the intro- introduction to the gospel, how people are so used to an insufficient gospel mm-hmm. and, and, and there's such a need, not just in the Bible belt, but around the world for mm-hmm. faithful gospel preaching. And it's something that, is very apparent in your writing and, and something that's been worked into me over a number of years is, is um, just the understanding that if you really understand the gospel correctly, you shouldn't have to worry about 
the effort you put into sharing the gospel. Just be faithful, obey God, and and share the gospel as it's written in the scriptures and let the Lord do the work. It's too often uh, people get all hung up on, you know, if they, they got to have it presented just witty enough or just clever enough or just flashy enough so that somebody will say, oh, that's cool, and then they'll want to respond to it. But then it's not really a faithful gospel message that they're responding to. It's a, it's a witty or a, fa- or a flashy or an entertaining gospel. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that you definitely, um, you know, that, that is step one. If we don't talk about the eternal councils, uh, the eternal council of the triune God, if we're talking about step one in our time is the gospel has to be shared and it has to be proclaimed. And we're talking about the true gospel. Now, you have never proclaimed the gospel where you can say everything that could possibly be said about the gospel because we will spend an eternity uh, in joyous celebration of all the intricacies of the gospel. But Mm -hmm. the true gospel must be proclaimed. Uh, That is, Christ, the eternal Son of God, became man, bore our sins uh, in his body on the tree, uh, the substitute uh, for our sacrifice, and God the Father poured out wrath against our sin on Christ. He rose again bodily, and we must repent and believe. But yes, that gospel must be shared, uh, or no one gets saved. Um, Because, you know, Paul says, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And so, yeah, that's really step one. The gospel Mm -hmm. must be shared. And uh, whether that's a tract, or whether that's on a Sunday morning, or whether that's on a ride to uh, Walmart, however Mm -hmm. that may be, the gospel must be shared. So I really, another thing too, I'm I'm rejecting, I didn't really get into this much in the book, but but I am rejecting this hope that God sends the gospel in dreams uh, or writes it in clouds or those sorts of things. I'm really pressing us to say, look, if we want to see people converted, then the gospel must be shared. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, and then the, the logical next step is to talk about regeneration. You know, and as I was saying that it, if you really understand how this works, how it really works and how the Lord's the one that's doing the work and all we're asked to do is be his messenger and be faithful and obedient, then uh, understanding regeneration helps a lot, too, that we know that people don't respond to the gospel because we are persuasive. <laughs> they respond because God has already worked to regenerate them. Mm-hmm. And and loosen the soil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's key, Andy. Um, if you if you maybe here's an analogy. It's not perfect. It will break down. But if you walk into a room and you want to get light on in the room, you turn on the switch. Right, the switch comes on, then the light comes on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we're talking about with regeneration preceding faith. Now, the problem is there's still a temporal gap. There's still a time gap in the light switch. The light goes on and electricity, you know, flows through there. So even though it's really, really fast, there's still that time gap. And so we're not really, or I'm not really arguing for a time gap as much as a logical uh, gap, a logical procession here. Regeneration has to come first. Regeneration turns on the light. Mm-hmm. It, not when people hear this, they get confused. I think they think, well, you got saved before you got saved. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about there's these people out there who've been regenerated and then 15 years later they repent and believe. Right. <laughs> we're talking about regeneration. But but that what you said, brother, is is so crucial. That takes what we have to do is be faithful to share the gospel. You know, one of the biggest thing I wrestled with personally and that I've talked with other people to wrestle with is that is how do you get them across the line? So you shared the gospel and you well, even that can be kind of an improper way of thinking. We yes. want to be the one to get them off uh, over yes. the finish line. Yes. Sometimes, sometimes the Holy Spirit just wants us to get them over the starting line. Yes. Yes. And yes, somebody else will be there at the finish line. That's right. That's right. Sometimes we're just planting the seed, you know? Exactly. So, yeah, and, and that's the point. We're taking this all out of our hands. This does not produce laziness, or it shouldn't. No. It should 
produce, like you said, a free, a freedom. Oh, you mean what I, my, what my focus needs to be on instead of going each week and practicing juggling chainsaws so I can give a compelling presentation. I just need to be faithful to the gospel, mm-hmm. understand the gospel and proclaim the gospel. And then I really can lay it all in the Lord's hands and say, Lord, this is up to you. Yep. And Paul, we want to be clear. Paul pleaded with people to come to Christ uh, and we should do the same, but this doesn't mean, you know, we can't. So, so there's, I don't know if you read the appendix, but there's this one. No, that's book the thing I, I didn't get into was the, yeah, the afterword and the appendices, but. That's all right. I, 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 I quoted this work for, it's by a guy named C.S. Lovett. I believe he's dead now, but he talks about how you need to put your hand on their shoulder and, and kind of squeeze firmly and tell them to repeat after you. And it's like, if you don't understand the necessity of regeneration, it is going to lead you in all sorts of strange practices. So, yeah. Well, and then I was, I was, being somewhat deliberate when I said earlier that sometimes we're 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 intended to be there to see them across the starting line, not the finish line, because we never know where we are in that process. And that yeah. as long as we're being faithful, you know, the Lord's word, His word will not return void. Amen. So it might be ten or fifteen years or twenty or even longer between the time you sit down and you share the gospel with somebody, and the fact, and then that time when the Lord finally brings them over regeneration and, and, and brings them to repentance, saving repentance. But that doesn't mean that it's a waste of your time. I mean, it's, it's always going to be planted there in their mind that later on, they're going to realize, oh yeah, that guy, you know, I, he was talking about that same thing. And now I didn't quite know what he meant at the time, but now I get it. That's right. It's good. So the necessity of the Lord moving first mm-hmm. is, is absolutely crucial. If you, don't have that understanding, then you can go in any number of directions. Now, I'm not saying that everybody will, but you can go in the direction of the Roman Catholics, right? You Mm -hmm. can say, well, you've got to do this and this and all that. You can go into the direction of those who hold to baptismal regeneration. Um, There's all sorts of very dangerous directions you can go if you don't hold firmly to the fact that the Lord Salvation belongs to the Lord, Jonah two nine, and it's the Lord that must that must begin the work. So that's not all that's entailed, but it's the gospel proclaim, and step two is God initiating that response. Yeah, yeah, well said. So then let's talk about the justification part. That's you know it's it's in the middle of the discussion. It's in the middle of the book, but it's. And it's there, you know, we're kind of going through, I think you kind of mentioned it at the beginning, even though this is written to a non-seminary uh, audience, but you, you mentioned an ordo salutis. And that's, that's, that's kind of what we're walking through here is, is a, a, a sort of an ordo salutis and we get to justification. Yeah, I didn't use the term ordo salutis uh, intentionally in the book, but the, you're right. No, that's, that's what, what I'm saying. Gonna... You didn't, you didn't in the yeah. book, but that's what we're. But yeah, for those who are further along in their understanding right. and have that theological vocabulary, that's kind of what we're walking through. Yeah, yeah. So, so I would put regeneration and then faith. Uh, so, so faith is what we do, so to speak, in that we just have the open hands, you know. Um, and faith is a gift of God in in regeneration, and we are called to believe. Um, so it's not just when we proclaim the gospel, that's why we don't say when we proclaim the gospel, well, here's the gospel and I hope God regenerates you. No, we say, yeah. believe, you must believe, you must yeah. repent and believe because the Holy Spirit uses those very exhortations to bring about regeneration. And when that comes about, a person does repent and believe. So that's two sides of the same coin, faith and repentance, Um so and and then in that you have justification, which is by faith alone. Um, faith alone in Christ alone is is our is the line that we hold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so justification, just just as if I never sinned, is what some people say. And I think I use the phrase "just as if I'd always obeyed," because in justification we it's are really declared both. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. We're, we're declared just. And so, um, no, I didn't mean to jump ahead of you there. No, though, no, no. I was, and I was just interjecting, you know, yeah. didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> just interjecting. No, no, good, good, brother. Mm-hmm. So, um, what I try to maintain is a balance. On one hand, we absolutely hold up God's sovereignty. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, we also hold up man's responsibility. They yeah. must repent and believe the gospel. And the reason that people don't repent and believe the gospel is not because God doesn't regenerate them. The blame lies on them. They don't repent and believe the gospel because they don't want to. Mm-hmm. They love their sin. They love their rebellion against God. And so what and happens? That's, that's yeah, the regeneration part is that he changes the desire from wanting yes. to be in sin to wanting to be in repentance and faith. Yeah. Yeah. And, and faith um, is, is it, it is an intellectual affirmation of the facts, but it's more than that. So it's, so it's three, the reformers actually, um, I won't say the Latin words because I can't remember them all, but that's <laughs> all right. Uh, the reformers had three, three uh, aspects of saving faith. First, you, you have to understand the facts. You have to say, okay, well, these are the facts that are there. Secondly, you know, Christ is the son of God. He bore our sins. You have to, you have to understand these are the facts. Secondly, you have to uh, believe those facts that they're true. And then thirdly, and this is all kind of, if you, uh, if you peeled back faith, what's really happening. So you have to understand the facts. You have to believe the facts are true. And then the third one is you have to trust them. You don't just believe they're true, but you trust Christ. That's where, um, you know, I, um, I think of Ray Comfort's um, analogy. That's the the guy who's got the parachute on his back that's jumping out of the airplane. You don't really trust the parachute until you're outside of the plane. That's right. That's right. I think one of the analogies I use is about you look at the bridge, and the first is you you understand, okay, that's a bridge. Intellectually, that's a bridge. Secondly, you begin to inspect the bridge, and you say, yeah, yeah, that bridge could hold me up. But mm-hmm. you still haven't quite exercised faith, like you said with the parachute, until you cross the bridge. And so when we talk about faith, it's not just mentally understanding, okay, these are the facts and believing these facts, but it's also putting all your hope, all of my hope is in the finished work of Christ. Mm-hmm. If uh, And that that's, that's what we're called to in saving faith. That is a gift. But but we do exercise that gift, and so um, and yeah, in- I was going to go there too, and I think that's important. We're both that's that's a very reformed way of thinking, it's a very biblical way of thinking that we have to recognize that all of that is a gift. It's not it's not something we work up in ourselves, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I I I trust Christ, but I don't trust Christ because I'm there's something great about me. I trust Christ because God has given it to me to trust Christ. Yeah, so. Some non-reform, and I don't want to get too far into this because I don't. This could take up this whole show. But <laughs> yeah. some non-reform would say, you know, well, God offers everybody faith, and then you just choose to accept it or not accept it. Well, all they're doing is removing the issue because to choose it, to accept it or not accept it, requires faith. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, what we're saying is, faith is a gift. It's an efficacious gift in such a way that we really do exercise it and we do believe and we do latch on to Christ, so to speak. And then of course, absolutely essential to saving faith is repentance. Repentance uh, is the other side of saving faith. Those who truly come to Christ and saving faith repent. Um, and, and, and I think I said it this way, cause I want to be careful. We don't repent, quote unquote, repent to get to Christ. We, we come to Christ, and in so doing, we repent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so it's absolutely crucial that repentance is understood. Uh, and I would just point your listeners to one of the best books I've ever read, and I quoted it, was Thomas Watson's The Doctrine of Repentance. That's an excellent resource. Uh, Watson, I love Watson. He just does an excellent job. But, yes, repentance is truly turning from sin and hating it and um you know, letting go, let, letting go. It's a reformation of life uh, where uh, repentance is real. Reformation will follow. So, mm-hmm. 
I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to just note here. I got an aside that I want to get to, but, okay. um, <laughs> um, but while I'm writing, um, uh, for once we've crossed the line of justification and we get into the lifelong process of sanctification, what can you, what can you yeah. offer our listeners about sanctification? Yeah. Probably sanct- a mysterious process that we go through. Yeah. yeah. And it is positional and practical. You know, we are holy positionally, but also practically we're being made holy. Um, we don't, we don't work to be righteous, but we work out, as Paul says, we work out what's already been worked in. We live out and sanctification begins at the moment. And so so I've had this, I've actually had an argument even in churches before and online sometimes, you know, is sanctification necessary to salvation? And I know there's tons of stuff out there and controversy with Piper and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but I would say yes. And I would say you know, there are different levels of sanctification. It looks so justification is one time and it's same for everybody. So the person who becomes a Christian at the age of 99 and dies is just as justified as the person who came to faith at the age of nine and lived a hundred years for Christ. Mm-hmm. There's no extra justification in that. It's 100%. It's one time, and it's the same for everybody. Sanctification is progressive, meaning that it occurs in different stages, and some people mature faster in the Lord because of various outward providences. Mm -hmm. But the reality is all Christians over time, all true Christians, I'm not talking about the deathbed conversion. We always want to take the exception and make it the norm. Right. I'm talking about the normal run of the mill. You've been converted. You've been a Christian 10 years. You're growing. If you're not growing, there's an issue. Now Mm -hmm. that growth may be small and sometimes imperceptible, but you are growing. Or it, it it may occasionally stall. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, usually we'll pick up again at some point in time, but, um, but even those times of stalling. So when I would, and I, cause a hundred percent agree with you, mm -hmm. even those times of stalling, it's only really stalling from our perspective. Um, from the Lord's perspective, they're still part of the process, you know, and Mm -hmm. sometimes even those times we think we thought we were stalling, we look back a few years down the road and we say, you know, what came from that? I really grew from that. So, yeah, yeah, it's a good point. And it's, and it's God's work. And that's the thing. It's God's, it, this is the Lord's work. He began the work and he continues the work and the blood of Christ. You know, he uh, quoted this earlier, but I'll say it again. First Peter two twenty four. he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, but it doesn't stop there that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds You've been healed, which, by the way, shows you right there that the prosperity preaching out there that says the wounds of Jesus save us from physical ailments or whatever. That's not the application Peter makes. Mm-hmm. Peter makes that application of growing in, in in practical, righteous living and killing sin. So, yeah, well said. Um, so and then kind of circling back, to, we, we talk about works. And how works result from salvation. And you kind of talked about that a little bit, uh, you know, peppered throughout our discussion, but how, yeah. how we, we are then brought into, to doing good works, but that, and this was very much the heart of the reformation mm-hmm. that um, those works that we do don't, don't lead us to salvation, but they result from our salvation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That can be a very controversial and I'm appreciative, but some people are really edgy about talking about that, you know, and I'm appreciative of their zeal. They want to protect sola fide, justification by faith alone in Christ alone. But we have to remember uh, Titus 2.14 that, that he uh, sought to, um, I'm misquoting here, but to, to uh, have a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. And so good works don't get us in to salvation. They do not merit our justification. They do not merit our standing with God in the least, but they do flow out of a regenerate heart. 
See, that's what this all comes back to, doesn't it? Like you said earlier, yep. a heart that's been changed, a heart that desires. I don't, I don't do good works now because I'm trying to get God off my back. But like I look around and now I have a heart for my neighbors. I have a heart for giving for missions. I have a heart to share the gospel. These are things I want to do. Mm-hmm. I'm still in need of Jesus's forgiveness every single day. But there is a difference now in me. And otherwise, Andy, the New Testament doesn't even make sense, does it? All these exhortations. <laughs> um, I'm preaching through James right now. And mm-hmm. so uh, James much, works thing. Works thing. Yeah, yeah, I think James gets a bad rap that, you know, he doesn't, you know, but I think James is super grounded theologically by some of the things he says. And then he just emphasizes uh, these things about pure and undefiled religion (laughs) of caring for orphans and widows. And these are all things that flow out of a heart that's been regenerated, which James mentions, too, doesn't he? In James 118, um, by his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. So, yeah, perseverance is a is a really sticky subject sometimes, but um, it's really important to this whole discussion too. And that there's a whole chapter on perseverance. And yeah, so perseverance and preservation are not the same thing. You know, preservation is the Lord holds us. I love that hymn. He will hold me fast. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you. Yeah, and so. That's right. And he does hold on to us and he holds on to us in times where sometimes we just don't have any strength, but overall he holds on to us in such a way that we actually persevere. Like we actually continue to uh, walk in the way of the Lord. We don't walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. As Paul notes in Philippians three, we walk as those who live uh, for Christ and love, love Jesus. There's going to be bad days, right? There's going to be days that you even wonder, am I even really a Christian? You know, it's just everything may be out of kilter, but, but overall uh, the Lord, preserves his saints in such a way that they actually persevere. They keep on in the faith, straining towards the goal. So, sorry. Yeah, and I wanted, that was the aside I wanted to come back to. It's a perfect place to add it when you talk about the people who are uh, maybe going through periods of doubt. And uh, a dear brother and friend had uh, reached out to me just in the last couple of days about that and, and asking, well, what do you do when you're not sure that you actually have saving faith and you're afraid that you might be a false convert? So what would be your pastoral advice and, and, and counseling for someone who is uh, uh, going through a, a period like that where they might, they might doubt their own salvation but, and, and fear that maybe I'm a false convert? Yeah, I think that the common tactic around here is, you know, well, do you have a date written in your Bible? Uh, because... Mm-hmm. Or do you have, uh, you know, did you pray the prayer or whatever? But but I would look more at the right here and now of, do you believe these truths of Christ's work? Do you, do you believe this? Do you trust that, that Jesus works? So, well, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but let's look at the text and let's consider what it says. Again, going back to Scripture, and you believe that all that God is for you in, in Christ. and. If you are wrestling with whether or not you believe that, uh, my counsel is con- continue to press on, right? Because perseverance is proof, right? It's proof that you do believe that. So if, so if you can take Christianity and you say, well, I don't know if I really believe, and you can walk away and you can say, okay, well, now I'm just going to live a few years out in the world. I'm going to love the you know, whatever's out there in the world, and I'm going to turn my back on the church. Uh, I would say, well, then, yeah, you probably didn't believe, I don't guess, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, even on those those times of doubt, if you'll continue to persevere, continue to put yourself under the preaching of the word and, and, and continue to be part and active in the local church and just continue to wrestle, continue to pray. For some reason, Andy, I don't know why, but for some reason that sometimes the Lord seems to be very gracious in giving us comfort and assurance. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes maybe it's not as much. And the Lord, I think, has good reasons for that. Well, we know that he has good reasons for that. Yeah. 
And I think that we have to continue to trust what the Bible says. So to continue to put yourself in those streams of where, you know, the Lord works, such as the preaching of the word um, and, uh, you know, participating in the Lord's Supper, gathering regularly with the saints, praying. Means um, of grace, right? You're you're describing the means of grace. Right. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and I think I, I, I personally, I mean, every case is, is, is different. I mean, yes, you got to yes. definitely, um, I, I can't give a blanket answer myself, but yes, I take yes. a little bit of assurance in the question itself that if somebody's wondering, am I a false convert? Mm-hmm. False converts don't typically go that way. You know, they, they're sure they know. Right. Like, no, well, yeah, I know. I'm good. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I signed my Bible. I said the prayer, so I, I'm good, yeah. you know? And, and so That's I take good. some assurance. The fact that you're even questioning it means that um, you know, there's something at work there. And, and maybe you are a false convert. Maybe that's maybe the Lord's using that doubt to bring you to being a true convert. Is That does happen. People go from false conversion to true conversion. But, um, but I, I, I'm encouraged by even the question in, in most cases. That's a great – no, that's a great point, Andy. I, I, I concur. With that, I think that's a good, that's very pastoral as well. Um, the difference between a believer and an unbeliever is not that an unbeliever doesn't, uh, or that an unbeliever sins and a believer doesn't sin. The reality is an, they both sin. A believer's fighting sin. A believer's mm-hmm. in that battle, you know? And so sometimes, like you just said, that evidence of that battle is a very good indicator that you are converted. Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh yeah, thank you for that. It's always good. That's a that's definitely a very uh the kind of question that's always good to get different uh different perspectives on, especially pastoral perspectives because I know, you know, as a pastor, I'm not a pastor, but but as a pastor, you're going to deal with that. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it comes up and and probably more times than people care, but it comes up so you that's something you got to think about and you do work through. Yes, and, sir. Uh, yeah. But it's good for all of us, even those of us who are not pastors, to, you know, when you've been a Christian long enough, you've been a, a believer long enough, you're kind of going to have a little bit of pastoral ministry in your life. Or maybe you're not a pastor, but you're going to have to do some of those pastoral things and help help friends through, you know, help help brothers and sisters who are going to reach out to you and ask those kind of questions. And um, Yeah. But I would also say, Andy, and, and I probably, I know you can speak from this perspective, but just being a parent, you know. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. As your children deal, the reason you want to know why salvation, how it works is because you want to deal with your children rightly. You, mm-hmm. I know, I know I speak to parents here that your heart, you don't want your child to repeat a prayer at camp and hurry up and baptize them when they're six. And then the rest of their life, if they wrestle with doubts, you say, no, 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 you're good. You've been baptized. Right. Fine. Um, and I've heard parents deal with their children that way. And I just, it's really heartbreaking. And I know that, that the parents who are listening to this, they don't want that. Yep. And so that's important why we understand this rightly. Mm-hmm. Now let's circle back kind of towards the beginning. Uh, and, and we talked about um, this really, when you understand how salvation works, that it takes that load off and, and this, um, how important it is. It's really important to just trust God through the whole process. And as you're out sharing your faith, whether it's with a family member or a friend or a stranger or whatnot, to, to not feel that it's your duty to, to bring conversions is we're not called to bring conversions. We're called to preach the gospel, right? And that the Lord does the work. Amen. And that's kind of how you finish is, is with this, uh, this, this uh, trusting in, in wanting to see others saved and trusting the Lord through that process. Mm-hmm. This is probably the most difficult because we want, we're so wired this way. We want, it would be so much easier, I think, in our minds if if we think, if God just said, well, all you got to do is get them to, you know, th- do three jumping jacks while they turn <laughs> around. Right? But, oh, okay, now I understand. But you really have to trust the Lord with this. And, you know, Acts 16.31, what must I do to be saved? Causes belief on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you'll be saved, you and your household. And the point that I'm making with this is Paul just tells him what to do. 
and he's not worried about. So I've ha- I've actually talked with some pastors say, well, I lead them in a prayer because I want to help them understand what they need to do. And I, I get that and I appreciate that heart. But this is what I would say. Tell them what they need to do. And if and if and if depending on the conversation, if they seem like everything's right, they seem like they understand. They seem like, yes, I believe this. I believe this. I want to be a Christian. You say, well, call out to the Lord. Pray. I'll I'll be right here with you. Pray. Call out to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say, well, I don't know what to say. That's OK. Just whatever you're whatever. Just pray. Let let him know. And and I've been in a situation before where I've heard someone say something like, you know, well, God, just thank you so much that my grandma is OK. And I just. Yeah. Amen. You're like. I don't think they quite understood. (laughs) So let's go back and let's talk about, whereas if I would have just said, you know what, dear Jesus, dear Jesus, I know I'm a Sarah, I know I'm a Sarah. I could have led him in that prayer and said, did you really mean it? Oh yeah, I really meant that. But there was nothing there. Right. And so it's, it is being, this takes work, right? So, so it's easier to just say, pray and we're done. Check. You've moved through the assembly line. Here's a Christian. It's much harder to meet with someone time and time and time mm-hmm. again. And, you know, I, th- I mentioned this in the and book. Do we but, need to identify when somebody's crossed the finish line? Is right. that our job? Is it, do we need to say, oh, well now you've, you've checked, you know, whether we get the boxes right, let's say we get the boxes right. Do we need to have boxes and have them checked right? You know, or can we just leave it to the Lord to say, um, you know, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to share the gospel and, and then, Maybe just wait until you see some fruit, you know, or maybe I'm mistaken, but I, I, if I'm understanding one per, we have one person's testimony in the New Testament where they keep pointing back to it. And that's Paul. Um, but the other authors of the New Testament never mention like John. He doesn't talk about when he was converted. That's not what First John's about. It's, it's sure. about it's about what it looks like to be converted. And I think a lot of times we're so you know March thirteenth at two o seven p.m. Right, I'm born again. That's okay. Like if you have that kind of testimony, praise the Lord. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what is wrong is trying to confer that upon everybody. Have you right. have you ever read John Bunyan's Ooh. Grace Abounding, the Chief of Sinners? No, it's painful. You just feel hurt for Bunyan. <laughs> his, his process is so long and, you know, somewhere in there he's converted, but he can't necessarily say for sure it was this at this point, you know, mm-hmm. Um and so well, as I back- can't pin a date, a specific date. I can give you, uh, you know, maybe a month, but I can't give you a right. specific day when I was saved. And right. you know, if I went yeah. back and looked at my calendar and went back to May of 1999, I could I could mm-hmm. maybe pin it down within the weekend. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I don't have I was May of 1999. I, I don't have a specific day or hour. And, and I don't think that's necessary either. You know, it's right. nice when people have that when it's that much of a kind of a light switch goes off kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And and I did have kind of a light switch type type moment, but um but even then I I I was more of a it was a a compacted process. You know, my mm-hmm. process maybe took once that really started rolling it you know it was in a matter of weeks that I was saved, but um mm-hmm. yeah, I don't I don't necessarily think I, I that people have to have a specific day or hour kind of, you know, Two sixteen p.m. on May sixteenth, and you know, obviously, as 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 a Baptist, I want to make sure someone understands they are converted Mm -hmm. before baptism, and that's what we do at our church. We have them read uh, their testimony, and uh, the reason I have them read it is because I just know it's a nervous time, and so I have them write it out. I, I go over, look at it with them, they read it, but we don't require that you have to know it was Monday or whatever, but you do have to know that you've passed from death to life and mm-hmm. you understand that how that happened, you know, the gospel. Well, I think, uh, you know, for some who grow up in Christian homes, 
where your parents are 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 in the word regularly and and you kind of are you grow up in that you might not it might be that much harder to have a, a day and, and time that well i was saved because you know i was always you know, i wasn't always saved but i was always around the you know the things of the lord and and just eventually it you know like learning how to ride a bike and a lot of kids don't really know the exact day and time they learn how to ride a bike, but they know that through a process of falling down a few times, eventually they got up and now yeah. they ride a bike. That's an excellent point. And even, you know, you can tell me Andy, when you were born, mm-hmm. but you don't remember, you don't know. No, right. <laughs> you just tell me what's on a piece of paper for all intents and purposes. Maybe you weren't really born on that day, you know, Probably you were, mm-hmm. but definitively, ugh, can we know, you know, but you know, you are alive. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, similarly, not to overstretch that similarly, um, yeah, when we're born again, we may not always, and again, I don't want to take away. Sometimes we do know. Yeah. A lot not, of people do. And, and that's kind of a neat experience for them to have. Amen. Amen. And, and we're not, Say in, in most of the time too, a testimony is not over. Well, it was sometime over these the last twenty years. You know, it's not. It's usually not like that. It's more of, uh, you know, that's that's a little skeptical. It's more of sometime in this season of my life uh, is when I was continually coming under conviction and wrestling and trying to run. And somewhere in there is when I really surrendered. And you know, that's when uh, the Lord changed changed my heart and I surrendered and I believe the gospel. So. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I don't know where else to go. And I think we've gotten, we've, you know, pretty good on our time, you know, as far as what we usually shoot for roughly an hour and I think we're coming up there pretty well, but um, I don't have anywhere else to go on this, but do you have any parting thoughts and closing thoughts or further information or anything else you want to throw in to the discussion? You know, I think hopefully we've made this clear brother, but Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I, I want people to buy my book. I would be lying if I didn't say that. And, <laughs> yeah. I, want to read it. and I have a small group curriculum for them to go through with it. You know, they can contact me. That is free. Um, it's in PDF format. But more than anything else, I'm a firm believer in just opening the scriptures and letting the scriptures dictate how we understand this. Um, I'm, we're going through a series on Sunday night right now. Uh talking about some of the reformers and they didn't get everything right. Um, But this week we're talking about William Tyndale and uh, Tyndale gave his life because he believed in the power of the word of God. And I believe in the power of the word of God. So I hope you get the book and I hope that you'll read it. I would love your feedback on it, but you know what? More infinitely more important than that is that you would search the scriptures and understand how they teach us on this. So, well, thank you so much. Uh, I, all around, thanks for reaching out to me and thanks for the great discussion. And, um, like I said, it's always uh, the closer we get to the gospel, the more I enjoy the discussion. And this was definitely pure gospel, you know, it's all just getting the end gospel. So. <laughs> Well, thanks for being such a hospitable host and willing to, you know, some some dude from Arkansas reaches out to you. <laughs> no, the timing to- was perfect. Like I said, uh, being on with Jason and, you know, Jason had reached out to me and I had, and, and just to follow up on Jason, I'm really enjoying seeing, uh, you know, I see his tweets pop up and he's just having a blast. He's really enjoying his time with these kids that we talked about last month. Um, just loving these kids and, and, uh, he and his wife clearly are, uh, are, are both blessed and they're very much a blessing to those wonderful kids. And, uh, but, uh, great topics back to back. And, and I'm like, it, it's, it's always neat to see, uh, providentially how these work out. I always enjoy, I, I honestly, I, you know, it sounds beyond belief, but I've done 127 episodes. I've enjoyed every last one of them. Yeah. And, uh, and so much just because I enjoy seeing the providence work out and how, you know how the Lord, there are so many times I have no idea what even maybe, maybe I'm coming towards the end of a month. You know, this time I'll have it up at the beginning of the month. Sometimes I come to the end of the month and I'm like, I don't have a episode yet. And, and I just pray and the Lord, the Lord gives me something. And, and yeah. uh, whether it's uh, early or late or whatnot, he's, he's blessed every last one of them. And uh, it's, it's always been such a thrill. 
and and I hope you guys are seeing that in your podcast too. That you know it can be a such a blessing and seeing topics come up and discussions that you have with uh, whether it's between you and your fellow podcasters or guests or whatever. It, it uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, and thank thanks you. again for uh, for letting me experiment with the video and and uh, again you know like if if it worked out. <laughs> It seems to be working out as far as the recording is yeah. going, but if it worked out as far as uh, getting it put together and posted, um, you'll see that at echozoe.com slash 127, and uh, you can watch it and see. And uh, definitely fun, and, and I appreciate that. Because yeah, some people aren't, they're, they're definitely up for audio, but they're kind of skittish about doing video. So thank you for mm-hmm. being open to that. Well, and that's no problem. I had to put on shoes even though <laughs> i can't see them though <laughs> can't see them so yeah I took off my overalls and try to dress up a little bit so, <laughs> <laughs> so cool well thank you echo zoe radio is an outreach of echo zoe ministries if you are blessed by the show please consider offering your support there are many things you can do to help including prayer sharing your show with others and your financial support Echo Zoe Ministries is a registered nonprofit organization with 501c3 tax-exempt status, and your donations are tax-deductible. For more information about how you can support Echo Zoe Ministries, please visit echozoe.com support. So that wraps up episode 127. Thanks for listening to Echo Zoe Radio. For show notes, visit echozoe.com 127. Be sure to check out the website also for links to connect with Echo Zoe on social media. We're on Twitter and Facebook and love to connect with you. So follow and like Echo Zoe Ministries. Help us also to get the word out by sharing or retweeting announcements for your favorite episodes. This not only helps to introduce new people to the show, but it also gives me a good indication of which episodes people really enjoy the most. That, Lord willing, we'll be back next month for the December episode of Echo Zoe Radio. 